0: Hog fans, welcome to another episode of the House of Hog podcast. I'm your host, Connor Goodson, coming at you with the Razorback Rundown. We've got a lot to cover in this episode. I'm going to try to keep it short and sweet for you all. It's a busy week. Arkansas basketball got off to a hot start. They've made easy work of the Alcorn Braves on Monday night, 93-59. I want to give my quick thoughts on that. Also, the Arkansas football team coming off a huge win over Florida on Saturday, an overtime win, the first win in history uh, for the Hogs in Gainesville. Now they have to go do it again at home in Fayetteville against Auburn to keep their bowl hopes alive. So I want to touch on that first a little bit. We saw this Arkansas football team last year riding a little bit of momentum, not really momentum. They'd struggled all year, but they could have gotten bowl eligible against Liberty. As you know, as you may not know, Hugh Freeze, who is the coach at Auburn right now, was a coach at Liberty, brought his Liberty Flames team into Donald W. reynolds Razorback Stadium and gave Arkansas all they could handle for four quarters and ended up pulling off a pretty impressive upset. Yes, Liberty was a very, very good group of five team, but the Hogs should win that game. There's no excuse to lose that game at home, especially when you have bowl eligibility. Now, there's a lot of issues with last year's team. K.J. Jefferson obviously wasn't 100% healthy. A lot of things go into it still, in the grand scheme of things, Arkansas should never lose to Liberty. Now Hugh Freeze has, on paper, better athletes, better recruits, better talent around him, and he brings in a lot of the same staff, runs the same scheme on the offensive side of the ball, things like that. So if you're Arkansas, you obviously have to tread lightly because you have no more wiggle room. You can't afford to lose a game if you want to get bowl eligible. And this is going to be a toss-up. Arkansas slightly favored on ESPN's FPI Power index predicting prediction model uh, so it's going to be very tight they're 54 percent chance that the arkansas wins according to that model uh, vegas has them slightly favored but i think it's still two and a half is the spread so you're gonna once again have to be able to execute at a high level down the stretch and have your playmakers make plays when it counts I'm a little bit concerned about Kenny Guyton's offense. There's going to be a little bit more film on him. He's, there's going to be tendencies out there that Arkan, Auburn's going to be able to pick up on. Watching film, they're going to be able to hone in on what made KJ and Rocket so good. The blocking scheme, Arkansas is going to be a little banged up. Patrick Kudus, the left tackle, he's out. Most likely, he's still questionable, according to Sam Pittman's press conference today. But we likely probably won't see him if I had to put money on it right now. So you're going to have to rely on some other guys to step up on the offensive line. And that's been one of your weak areas all season. So with that said, I think it's going to be another tough game. As I said a while ago, it's going to be another close game. Arkansas is going to have to be really, really perfect in the offensive side of the ball. You cannot uh, go back to your old tendencies. You've got to stay the course, continue to run things that you're comfortable with. KJ's got to be KJ. Rocket's got to be Rocket. You've got to keep setting up that setting up that run with some of the Kindle Browse zone schemes that we saw. Uh, we saw a lot of Arkansas running different things that we saw them run in 2021 when Traylon Burks was here. You know that uh, single choice option where they have a guy running down the field streaking on the far side of the uh, of the route concept. Andrew Armstrong beats his man one on one. It was the same exact thing that Traylon Burks did against Texas A&M, and then he did again against Ole Miss a couple of weeks later. Arkansas has had success with that, where you just kind of set up a play action, a quick play action zone read, and you take that shot. More of that, that, that's just one example, but there was a whole list of plays that you go back, you watch the game, Arkansas is obviously, with Kenny Guyton, taking pages out of what Arkansas was doing with Kendall Browse at the helm, more of an up-tempo zone, trying to look for explosive plays. And we saw them have great success with that. So you've got to continue to do that. Auburn's going to be more prepared for it. So what are you going to do? What's your second and third plan? It's it's, it's going to be a chess match. And the better team at playing chess, the better coaching staff playing chess, especially on the offensive side of the ball, they're going to win. Uh, you know, Hugh Freeze is going to do up-tempo, his scheme. Same stuff we've seen him do at Old Miss and then Liberty. And we've seen him do it this season. Auburn has struggled, especially with their quarterback situation. We'll see who they rock with. Probably Peyton Thorne might see Robbie Asher. But I'm going to save the majority of my preview for the Know Your Enemy as we get to know the Auburn Tigers a little bit more. That'll be coming up later this week. I'll record tomorrow and probably drop it late tomorrow night. But look out for that to drop. But that's my kind of teaser for the Arkansas football team. They're going through it. I liked what I heard from Sam Pittman in the press conference today. Definitely more of an upbeat vibe around the program and with good reason. You know, Arkansas picks up the big win in football. Yes, they're still 3 and 6. Yes, nobody's settling for that. That shouldn't be the standard at this at the at this point, year 4 Sam Pittman should not be the standard. Then you also have basketball playing a role in that with, you know, they're ranked 14th in the country. Started off the season strong, beat Purdue in the preseason. That momentum carries over to Monday night. They pick up a big win to start 1-0. So the vibes around Fayetteville, around the fan base, are a little bit higher than you would expect with the football team struggling so much. So uh, football team back at home for the first time since the Mississippi State game. Got to get that bad taste out of their mouth. And so it'll be interesting. I'm very, very interested to see what the crowd will look like. It is a 3 p.m., so it's not an 11 a.m., but it's not a night game. The temperatures are going to be cool. 50, 60 degrees, I believe, last time I checked. So it's not going to be crazy hot or crazy cold. I would expect, even though it's a 3-6 and six team, there would be a decent decent crowd in Fayetteville. Um, and that's all due to this recent momentum, the change in offensive coordinators, things like that, has injected some life back into this football team that we thought was dead. But I'll have more about that, like I said, in the Know Your Enemies, so be on the lookout for that later as per usual. Let's switch our gears to the basketball team. As per how these opening season opening games go, they're usually by games. You have a smaller school that's just looking to cash a check coming into your home court and trying to just get some reps against higher competition. You're just trying to get reps, get guys used to it, figure some things out about your team that you didn't know before. Unlike the exhibition games, this one counted. Although the Purdue game, you learned a lot more about where Musselman thinks his rotation and decision making throughout the game, his offense, who he wants to have the ball in crucial situations, things like that. Important things, you kind of got a preview, a little taste, a teaser of what that was going to look like with Purdue, which is a lot earlier than we usually see with these Arkansas basketball teams. That said, we got even more clarity. Well, I wouldn't say even more, but we got some Interesting, I think, information. We saw a very interesting called game from Eric Musselman as far as rotations go. Uh, You've got the point guard battle. He wasn't very happy with L. Ellis. He wasn't very happy with Devo Davis, although he saw some things with Devo's stat line that he liked that may lend him to running more point guard. And then you also saw him in the post-game press conference mention how he wants to get Tremont Mark a lot more looks running the offense at the point which I think is interesting and I think it's an underrated part of Tremon Marks' game that I'm interested to see how that goes. You saw him put the ball in Tremon Marks' hands at the end of the Purdue game and going forward I think down the stretch especially when it's close, when you're on the road, when you're playing these teams that are a, a lot better in competition, you're going to see him orchestrate things a little bit more just because his shooting, his ability to get to the bucket and his handle is underrated ball handle, I I think that just lends itself to him being the guy in crunch time. We'll see, obviously, other guys like Devo, uh, Trevin Brazil, L. Ellis, Caleb Battle. Those guys are going to get their time to shine in close games, but I think you're going to see more of a pointed effort to get Tremont Mark crucial situation looks at the point guard position. Now that likely won't come this next game against Gardner Webb because it, it should be maybe not to the extent we saw against Alcorn state, because I think Gardner Webb's a lot better team than Alcorn state. They're more senior laden. They've got veteran guys, but I think you could see a little bit more of a pointed effort. Hey, this early in the game, you're going to have Jermon Mark orchestrating things, getting them into their half court sets and kind of being the floor general, so to speak, uh, a lot more than you saw it on Monday night and it was a weird it was a weird rotation in general you didn't see Makai Mitchell much you didn't see Chandler Lawson at all after Chandler Lawson's incredible game against Purdue he only played I believe like eight or nine minutes Makai Mitchell played like maybe five minutes and there's a reason for that Alcorn State did not have true big men so you don't want to really just force something that you don't have to. You know what you have in Chandler Lawson. You know what you have, especially in Makai Mitchell. He's a known entity to this football team or to this basketball team, sorry. Uh he's a known entity this to the staff. You know what you're going to get from him. So there's no reason that you had to play him 20 minutes to see, you know, how he fits around these guys. You know what you're going to get. So that's why you saw Arkansas go a little bit smaller for the duration of the game. You didn't see Makai Mitchell play a lot of minutes. You didn't see Chandler Lawson. But I think when we get into these Lineups, especially against Gardner-Webb. They have some traditional big men, a lot bigger forwards. Uh, and, yes, they lost a lot from last year's team. But you're going to see, I think, Makai Mitchell and Chandler Lawson get a little bit more run. You might see more Bayfall. But Eric Musselman even alluded to, you're not going to see Arkansas go 10 to 13 deep not on a nightly basis. He's going to go with the eight, maybe nine guys that he feels – Confident in playing, maybe that's 10 guys. You don't know. Uh, He did say that there's a lot of guys that may feel like they played a lot better than they actually did when they go look at the film. And and that's going to be interesting to see what he goes with it as we get closer, especially to the Battle for Atlantis tournament coming up in November 22nd. I think that that's when you're really going to see that's the official rotation. He's going to roll it out, start making cuts to guys that won't get really much playing time until it's a, until games are decided one way or another garbage time. So to speak, that's when you'll start seeing the 12 to 13 deep rotations come out. But as far as a game, that's going to be close, a big time game, uh, a game against Purdue, you're going to see maybe, maybe 10 guys max. And that's only if you have some, have some help. Have some guys that maybe get in foul trouble. You have Trevin Brazil getting foul trouble. You may call on Jalen Graham to come give you 10 minutes like he did last year. Uh, another thing about Jalen Graham, he looked really, really good. Like I said, there wasn't a lot of competition. Alcorn State was very small. They were very quick. They didn't offer a lot of competition for this front court of Arkansas, but he still played very well. His touch is still there. He's still one of the best. He's got the best touch of any big man that I think I've seen Arkansas have in a, in a minute. He looked a lot better, mobility-wise, defensive, the defensive end, he was a little bit more active than I saw last year. I'm going to go back and watch the game one more time and just kind of make a pointed effort to point, you know, follow Jalen Graham around and, and see what he offers um, in in those minutes. But, you know, he battled a back injury also with with a big guy, a 6'10", 6'11" Forward, You don't really want to mess around with that. So he was more than likely just kind of easing back into things, getting the flow of things, I think. Let's kind of look at this as well. Trevin Brazil, he's going to get 30 minutes a game. It's You know that you're going to get 30 minutes from Trevin Brazil. He's too big a piece of the uh, of this team to not have the offense run through him at, at times, especially crucial times. His night did end early because he left the bench area in that skirmish uh, that they had. He got ejected because he left the bench area, so we didn't get to see a full full game from Trevor Brazil. But and, and on social media, I saw a lot of people saying, "Well, give it to Trevin. Let, let's see what he can do more." They weren't happy with his touches. I mean, he still got four shots, got to the line four times, knocked down all of his free throws, grabbed six rebounds, and you know finished with 13 points in 21 minutes. That's really what you just expect uh, out of a game that's pretty much in hand early in the second half. You don't need to play these guys 30 minutes, and I understand you want to see more of Trevin Brazil, but you got that in the very first part of the game, that opening, he wins the tip, and then goes down and throws a thunderous, insane highlight real dunk to start the game i think at that point everything else is just icing on the cake he shows you what he can give you he showed you what he can give you last season and in, in, into the exhibition against purdue you're happy you're happy with that if he can give you 20 minutes in a blowout good just keep him you know keep him on point because you need these guys for conference play you don't need Trevor brazil to come out and give you a double double every game when the other guys on the roster are more than capable of handling handling business. The last thing I want to touch on here with this Arkansas team, and I said this last year when we started conference play, we couldn't buy a basket. Without Trevin Brazil, this Arkansas team last year could not space the floor. Trevin Brazil, when he went down with his ACL injury, he was averaging about 38% from beyond the arc shooting for a forward, and we saw it in Maui. The reason that Maui run for this Arkansas team was so special was because you saw that they could actually compete at a very high level without their star recruit, Nick Smith Jr. You lose Trevin Brazil a few games later, and then you also lose Nick Smith Jr. for an extended time after that. This team just couldn't space the floor. That's not going to be the case this year. Uh, A lot of people have been asking, are we going to see this Arkansas team be able to shoot when it matters in real games we've heard all offseason can this team shoot can this team shoot we got a teaser for Purdue was that just a a hot streak you know were they just going to be come out and be flat again are we going to see them go to come down to earth a little bit first game of the season the regular season against Alcorn State on Monday we saw that this team for real can shoot the ball they are very very capable behind the arc. Uh, I'm, I don't think that I've seen an Arkansas team this well rounded with shooters. They shot 12 of 13 or 12 of 30 from beyond the arc uh, for 40% on the game. I mean, that's just, that's just incredible after what we saw last year with them fi- finishing like 340th in the country in three point percentage. Um, uh, in, in three-point attempts or something like that last year, it was we were at the bottom of the barrel. Once all all things were said and done last season from d'Arc. and that's just what you have to do because Eric Musselman wants his teams to crash and get to the bucket, get a, easy looks. He's not going to be a Nate Oats where he wants his guys just to throw up threes because that's what the analytics say. No, there's a method to his madness. He wants guys to get to the bucket, but you can't do what you had last year and not be able to space the floor to give your guys room to work. Arkansas Arkansas has guys that can get to the bucket and make highlight real plays. They don't want to just sit around and throw up threes and hope they go in every night, but they can do that. If they need to get into a shootout, they can. They have that capability. Last year they didn't, and that's what's going to make the difference, I think, in March if this team is still healthy, if they're still playing at the level that I think that they can. If they peak at the right time, that's what's going to add just another dimension and make this team even more lethal uh, in a tournament setting because they can beat you. They're so versatile. That's what I love about this roster. If you need to go play big, they can play big. They have the front court. The depth's not completely there. They can't afford an injury, but you have three very, very solid D1 bodies, and even Chandler Lawson throwing them in there, that's a fourth – just legit big man that you have with his length that can give you 20 to 30 minutes a night down low against the nation's best. Uh, if they need to go small, they also have big guards. They have Trevor Brazil. They can play him at the center position and have just, you know, four guys on the perimeter, oversized guards that can just harass and, and get to the bucket and, and are more than capable of holding their own against a team that loves to go small. It's just the versatility, I think this is the most versatile and obviously the deepest. I've said that before, the deepest roster that Eric Musselman has had at Arkansas, and I think that bodes well. As far as Friday night against Gardner-Webb, I think that you'll see just a similar script, maybe tightening up the rotations a little bit more for Mus. You might see some different things. Ellis is going to have to come out and play a better game, and I don't think Mus was really very happy with his performance on Monday night, so look, to him, look for him to maybe – play with a little bit more of an edge than we saw. Caleb Battle, Jermon Mark, those guys lead the led the team in scoring on Monday night. Obviously expect them to continue to do that. I love Caleb Battle coming off the bench. He gives you kind of that JD Note type of feel where he can come in and he can light it up. Just I mean, he's basically a starter in the sixth man Mono Ginobili role. So that's what I love about Caleb battle and just that is another testament to how deep this arkansas basketball team is and and why they really are very deadly going in because they've just got so many bodies they can throw into you and you know instead of just being forced to play seven or eight guys you only play seven or eight guys because you want to keep those guys who are worthy of playing and are playing at a high level in the game for the majority of those 40 minutes if that makes sense uh, but, yeah, I, I, I'm. I think this this is going to be a very very special year for the Arkansas Razorbacks. I'm looking forward to watching more games. We'll get a bigger sample size of what Arkansas looks like, and you know what this season might have in store for this team. I think the sky's the limit, and I'm very intrigued to see them keep performing at a high level. And I'm very intrigued to watch them play some uh, high D one level. Opponents in the near future when they go to Atlantis in a couple of weeks. So that'll do it for the Razorback Rundown. I uh, wanted to talk a little bit of football, a little bit of basketball. We'll have more on the football team coming. Know your enemy. Uh, like I said, I'll be recording that tomorrow and then hopefully get that out to you late tomorrow night, early Friday morning on your Friday morning commute to work. You can listen to it and be informed on what we should expect from the Auburn Tigers on Saturday on the gridiron. All right. Well, that will do it. I appreciate you listening. If you would like, like to follow my writing go to razorbackswire.usatoday.com follow us over there get all your content all your daily updates on stay informed with what's going on in arkansas athletics also like subscribe continue to download and share this podcast with all your friends family things like that and uh, just continue to support i really appreciate it and i will catch you guys next time on the house hog podcast take care